Girl Without Hands. A certain miller had, little by little, fallen into poverty, and had nothing left but his mill and a large apple tree behind it. Once he had gone into the forest to fetch wood, an old man stepped up to him whom he had never seen before. Why do you plague yourself with cutting wood? I will make you rich if you promise me what is standing behind your mill. What can that be but my old apple tree, thought the miller, and said yes, and gave a written promise to the stranger. He, however, laughed mockingly and said, when three years have passed, I will come and carry away what belongs to me. And then he went. When the miller got home, his wife came to meet him and said, tell me, miller, from where comes this sudden wealth into our house? All at once, every box and chest was filled. No one brought it in, and I know not how it happened. He answered, It comes from a stranger who met me in the forest and promised me a great treasure. I, in return, have promised him what stands behind the mill. We can very well give him the big apple tree for it. Oh, husband, said the terrified wife, that must have been the devil. He did not mean the apple tree, but our daughter, who was standing behind the mill sweeping the yard. The miller's daughter was a beautiful, God-fearing girl, and lived th through the three years in piety without sin. Even when, therefore, the time was over and the day had come when the evil one was to fetch her, she washed herself clean and made a circle around herself with chalk. The devil appeared quite early, but he did not come near her. Angrily, he said to the miller, Take all water away from her, that she may no longer be able to wash herself, for otherwise I have no power over her. The miller was afraid, and did so. The next morning the devil came again, but she had wept on her hands, and they were quite clean. Again, he could not get near her, and furiously said to the miller, Cut her hands off, or else I cannot get the better of her. The miller was shocked, and answered, How can I cut off my own child's hands? Then the evil one said to him, If you do not do it, then you are mine, and I will take you yourself. The father became alarmed, and promised to obey him. So he went to the girl and said, My child, if I do not cut off your hands, the devil will carry me away, and in my terror I have promised to do it. Help me in my need, and forgive the harm I do you. She replied, Dear father, do with me what you will. I am your child. Thereupon she laid down both of her hands and let them be cut off. The devil came for the third time, but she had wept so long and so much on the stumps that after all they were quite clean. Then he had to give in and lost all right over her. The miller said to her, Because of you I have received such great wealth that I will keep you most delicately as long as you live. But she replied, Here I cannot stay. I will go forth. Compassionate people will give me as much as I require. Thereupon she had her maimed arms bound to her back, and by sunrise she set out on her way and walked the whole day until night fell. Then she came to a royal garden, and by the shimmering of the moon she saw that trees covered with beautiful fruits grew in it, but she could not enter, for there was much water around about it. And as she walked the whole day and had not eaten even one mouthful, and hunger tormented her, she thought, Ah, oh, if I were but inside, then I might eat the fruit, else I might die of hunger. She knelt down and called upon the Lord God and prayed, and suddenly an angel came towards her, who made a dam in the water so that the moat became dry, and she was able to walk through. And now she went into the garden, and the angel went with her, and she saw a tree covered with beautiful pears, but they were all counted. 
when she went to them, and to still her hunger, ate one with her mouth from the tree, but no more. The gardener was watching, but as the angel was standing by, he was afraid and thought the maiden was a spirit and was silent. Neither did he dare to cry out nor speak to the spirit. When she had eaten the pear, she was satisfied and went and concealed herself among the bushes. The king, to whom the garden belonged, came down to it the next morning and counted and saw that one of his pears was missing and asked the gardener what had become of it as it was not lying beneath the tree but was gone. Then answered the gardener, Last night a spirit came in with no hands and ate one of the pears off with its mouth. The king said, How did the spirit get over the water, and where did it go after it had eaten the pear? The gardener answered, Someone from heaven came in a snow-white garment and made a dam, and it kept back the water that the spirit might walk through the moat. And as it must have been an angel, I was afraid and asked no questions and did not cry out. When the spirit had eaten the pear, it went back again. The king says, If it is as you say, I will watch with you tonight. When it grew dark, the king came into the garden and brought a priest with him who was to speak to the spirit. All three seated themselves beneath the tree and watched. At midnight, the maiden came creeping out of the thicket, went to the tree, and again ate one pear off from it with her mouth, and beside her stood the angel in white garments. Then the priest went out to them and said, Come you from heaven or from earth? Are you a spirit or a human being? And she replied, I am no spirit, but an unhappy mortal deserted by all but God. The king said, Though you are forsaken by all the world, I will not forsake you. And he took her with him into his royal palace, and she was so beautiful and good, and he loved her with all his heart, and had silver hands made for her, and took her as his wife. After a year, the king had to go to war, so he placed his young queen in the care of his mother, and said, If she is brought to bed, take care of her and nurse her well and tell me of it at once in a letter. Then she gave birth to a fine boy, so the old mother made haste to write to announce the joyful news to him. But the messenger rested by a brook on the way, and as he was so fatigued by the great distance, he fell asleep. Then came the devil, who was always seeking to injure the good queen, and exchanged the letter for another, in which was written that the queen had brought a monster into the world. When the king read the letter, he was shocked and much troubled, but he wrote an answer that if they were to take care of the queen and nurse her well until his arrival. The messenger went back with the letter, but rested at the same place and again fell asleep. Then the devil once more put a different note in his pocket, in which it was written that they were to put the queen and her child to death. The old mother was terribly shocked when she received the letter from her son and could not believe it. She wrote back to the king, but received no other answer because each time the devil substituted a false letter, and in the last letter it was also written that she was to preserve the queen's tongue and eyes as a token that she had obeyed. But the old mother wept to think of such innocent blood was to be shed, and had a doe brought by night and cut out her tongue and eyes, and kept them. Then she said to the queen, I cannot have you killed as the king commands. But here you may stay no longer. Go forth into the wide world with your child and never come back here again. The poor woman tied her child on her back and went away with eyes full of tears. She came into the great wild forest where she fell on her knees and prayed to God and the angel of the Lord appeared to her and led her to a little house which was a sign with the words, Here dwell all free. 
a snow-white maiden came out of the little house and said, Welcome, Lady Queen, and led her inside. And they unbound the little boy from her back and held him to her breast that he might feed and laid him in a beautifully made little bed. Then said the poor woman, How did you know that I was the queen? The white maiden answered, I am an angel sent by God to watch over you and your child. The queen stayed seven years in the little house and was well cared for and by God's grace, because of her piety, her hands, which had been cut off, grew once more. At last the king came home from war, and his first wish was to see his wife and child. Then his aged mother began to weep and said, You wicked man! Why did you write to me to say that I was to take the two, those two innocent lives? She showed him the two le- letters which the evil one had forged, and then continued, I did as you bade me. And she showed him the tokens, the tongues, and the eyes. Then the king began to weep for his poor wife and little son so much more bitterly than she was doing, that the aged mother had compassion on him and said, Be at peace, she still lives. I secretly had a doe killed and took these tokens from it. But I bound the child to your wife's back and bade her to go forth into the wide world and made her promise to never come back here again because you were so angry with her. Then the king spoke, I will go as far as the sky is blue, and will neither eat nor drink until I have found again my dear wife and my child, if in the meantime they have not been killed or died of hunger. Thereupon the king traveled for seven long years, and sought her in every cleft of the rocks and in every cave, but he did not find her, and thought that she had died of want. During the whole of this time he neither ate nor drank, but God supported him. At length he came into a great forest, and found therein a little house whose sign was here all dwell free. Then forth came the little white maiden, who took him by the hand, and led him in, and said, Welcome, Lord King, and asked him where he came from. He answered, I have traveled about for the space of seven years, and I seek my wife and her child, but cannot find him. The angel replied by giving him meat and drink, but he did not take anything, and only wished to rest a little. Then he lay down to sleep and put a handkerchief over his face. Thereupon the angel went into the chamber where the queen sat with her son, whom she usually called Sorrowful, and said to her, Go out with your child, your husband has come. So she went to the place where he lay, and the handkerchief fell from his face. Then said she, Sorrowful, pick up your father's handkerchief and cover his face again. The child picked it up and put it over his face. The king, in his sleep, heard what passed and had the pleasure of letting the handkerchief fall once more. But the child grew impatient and said, Dear mother, how can I cover my father's face when I have no father in this world? I have learned to say the prayer, Our Father which art in heaven. You have told me that my father was in heaven and was the good God. And how can I recognize a wild man like this? He is not my father. When the king heard that, he got up and asked who they were. Then said she, I am your wife, and this is your son, Sorrowful. And he saw her living hands and said, My wife had silver hands. She answered, The good God has caused my natural hands to grow again. And the angel went to the inner room and brought the silver hands and showed them to him. Then he knew for certainty that it was his own dear wife and his dear child, and he kissed them and was glad and said, A heavy stone has fallen off my heart. And the angel of God gave them one meal with her, And after that they went home to the king's aged mother. There were great rejoicings everywhere, and the king and the queen were married again and lived contentedly and happily until their end. That was the story of The Girl Without Hands. 
from the, the Brothers Grimm. There are several, several versions of this story, which seems weirdly specific to me that a girl with no hands has so many retellings of it, but it does have its own Arne Thompson Uther category 706, Girl with the Cut-Off Hands. There's a similar story in the Pentamarone, and so there are several versions of this, and it, again, strikes me as weird that the absence of hands would have be so specific that there are several versions of it. Um, this one um, has a pretty straightforward message, so it doesn't really require a lot of analysis. It's just kind of that straightforward, be good and you will be rewarded. It, is, it does get a little foggy because the princess does have to, I guess she's not really a princess, the miller's daughter has to suffer so much along the way to getting that reward, but it is only because of her goodness and purity that she continues to be rescued from her evil circumstances. Much of her sabotage comes directly from the devil himself, and it is only because of her goodness that she is spared from the consequences of his intentions for her. Um, so it just says kind of what the reward for being good is. There's a certain amount of protection that comes with that. One verse quoted in conjunction with this story is Psalm 24, 3-4. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that with clean hands and a pure heart. So, again, it goes to the lady's virtue that is what delivered her from all of the evil designs that the devil had for her. So, if you do meet a strange old man in the woods, just remember the advice from my father. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And in this case, it probably means the dude's after your daughter and not your apple tree. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this story, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Next week, we will be going over... The Tinderbox from Hens Christian Anderson. And then it's been a long time since we've dove into a proper long form novel story. So I think we're going to play with some Treasure Island this year. If that sounds good to you guys, I think I'm in the mood for a good pirate story. And I hope you are too. Have a wonderful weekend. Be safe. And I will see you next week.